0: Good day, all. Welcome to another season of Learning Bible Truth Ministries. I am the founder, host, and teacher, your one and only Dr. Kamla Dee, here to teach you Bible truth, to help you grow in faith and learn how to walk in God's amazing grace by teaching Bible truth. Not my truth, Bible truth. Here we read scriptures that contain God's word. Remember to pray and ask God for understanding. Put your learning hats on, get your Bibles, invite family and friends, take notes, and let's learn Bible truth. Good morning, Saints. Today is April the 9th of the year 2023. I am the host, founder, and teacher of Learning Bible Truth Ministries, your one and only Dr. Kamala D. Now, uh, happy Passover. I will leave it at that. Happy Passover. Today's message has been weighing heavily on my heart for the past three weeks. And I consulted with the Lord and, and, and asked that he revealed to me why he wanted me to share this particular message. And I will share that at the end of the message. Now the, the title of this episode is the conversion of Saul. Now you may know Saul as the apostle Paul, but today we are going to talk about when he was converted and how and why he was converted over to Christianity. I will be reading from the NASB today, the new American standard Bible. And I need you to go over to the book of Acts. And it is also known as Acts of the Apostles. It was the beginning of the church age. It teaches us how the apostles set up the church and how the church should be ran today. Um, but today's message it will be centered around the Apostle Paul. So go to chapter 9. And like I said earlier, I will be reading from the NASB. Now you may have another translation, which is fine because in the end, we will be on the same page. I typically share which version or translation I'm reading because you will see a difference in the wording. And that's perfectly okay unless you have a translation that is completely off track from the original scriptures. But at the end of the day... Follow me and we will be on the same page. Now with that said, let's get this truth on the road. And beginning at verse one. Now Saul, still breathing threats and murder against the disciples of the Lord, went to the high priest and asked for letters from him to the synagogues at Damascus. So that if he found any belonging to the way, The way I will explain after I read these verses, both men and women, he might bring them bound to Jerusalem as he was traveling. It happened that he was approaching Damascus and suddenly a light from heaven flashed around him and he fell to the ground. And heard a voice saying to him, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? In verse five, so that we are keeping up. Verse five says, and he said, who are you, Lord? And the Lord said, I am Jesus, whom you are persecuting. But get up and enter the city and it will be told to you what you must do. Verse seven says, the men who traveled with Saul stood speechless, hearing the voice, but seeing no one. Verse eight, Saul got up from the ground, and though his eyes were open, he could see nothing. And leading him by the hand, they brought him into Damascus. And he was three days without sight and neither ate nor drank. Verse 10 says, now there was a disciple at Damascus named Ananias. And the Lord said to him in a vision, Ananias. And he said, here I am, Lord. And the Lord said to him, get up and go to the street called Straight and inquire at the house of Judas for a man from Tarsus named Saul, for he is praying. Verse 12 says, and he has seen in a vision, a man named Ananias come in and lay his hands on him so that he might regain his sight. Verse 13 says, but Ananias answered, Lord, I have heard from many about this man, show much harm he did to your saints at Jerusalem. And here he has authority from the chief priest to bind all who call on your name. But the Lord said to Ananias, go, for he is a chosen instrument of mine to bear my name before the Gentiles and kings and the sons of Israel. Verse 16 says, for I will show him how much he must suffer for my name's sake. So Ananias departed and entered the house. And after laying his hands on him, said, brother Saul, the Lord Jesus, who appeared to you on the road, by which you were coming has sent me so that you may regain your sight and be filled with the Holy Spirit. Verse 18 says, and immediately there fell from his eyes, something like scales and he regained his sight and he got up and was baptized and he took food and was strengthened. Now for several days, he was with the disciples who were at Damascus. Verse 20. And immediately he began to proclaim Jesus in the synagogue saying, he is the son of God. Verse 21. All those hearing him continued to be amazed and were saying, Is this not he who in Jerusalem destroyed those who called on this name and who had come here for the purpose of bringing them bound before the chief priest? Verse 22 says, but Saul kept increasing in strength and confounding the Jews who lived at Damascus by proving that Jesus is the Christ. When many days had elapsed, the Jews plotted together to do away with Saul. But their plot became known to Saul. And that was through Saul's nephew, his sister's son, who overheard the Jews plotting to kill him. And he went and informed his uncle. They were also watching the gates day and night so that they might put him to death. But his disciples took him by night and let him down through an opening in the wall, lowering him in a large basket. Verse 26 says, when he came to Jerusalem, he was trying to associate with the disciples, but they were all afraid of him, not believing that he was a disciple. Verse 27 says, but Barnabas took hold of him and brought him to the apostles and described to them how he had seen the Lord on the road and that he had talked to him and how at Damascus he had spoken out boldly in the name of Jesus. Verse 28, and he was with them moving about freely in Jerusalem, speaking out boldly in the name of the Lord. And he was talking and arguing with the Hellenistic Jews. The Hellenistic Jews simply means Jews that speak Greek or either Greek speaking Jews. But they were attempting to put him to death. Verse 30 says, But when the brethren learned of it, they brought him down to Caesarea and sent him away to Tarsus. And finally, verse 31 So the church throughout all Judea and Galilee and Samaria enjoyed peace, being built up, being edified, and going on in the fear, reverential fear, saints, in the respect of the Lord and in the comfort of the Holy Spirit, it continued to increase. My Lord, Now, after reading about Paul's conversion, his name was changed to Paul. Later on in Acts, the first thing I notice is that Paul was never the same again. Never the same after he encountered Jesus. He wouldn't keep quiet about Jesus. He is the son of God. No one is ever the same after encountering Christ. No one, saints. And everyone who saw it believed on the Lord Jesus because they knew Paul's past behavior. Paul, if you can remember, held the coats of those who stoned Stephen to death. One of the first deacons in the church, Stephen was an evangelist preaching about Jesus and telling them about Jesus and they were stoned to death. Paul was with those individuals who stoned Stephen to death and held their coats. Something drastic had to happen to Paul. Now, let's take a closer look at at these scriptures. Now, the narrative returns to Saul in in, uh, verse three, or, or Paul, if you will. His anger with the disciples continued unabated to the point that he was threatening to murder them. Paul later acknowledged his zeal in persecuting Christians in Philippians 3, uh, verse 6. And this is how he was known by others, i.e. Ananias. Ananias, remember, and that's in Acts nine thirteen. Now, Saul was authorized to travel to Damascus with warrants from the high priest or the chief priest to imprison people of the way. Now the way was a common name for early Christians. The way was the way to get to God was through Christ. So they, they, they nicknamed it the way. And he was in indicating his high standing among Jewish religious leaders. The apostle Paul was, he planned to bring them back to to Jerusalem since this city was the center of Judaism, which is what the Jews were practicing was contrary, following Christ was contrary to Judaism because they didn't know who who, uh, the Messiah was because they didn't understand the Old Testament scriptures. Now, looking back at verses three and four, when Paul was nearing Damascus and no doubt thinking that his acts there would help stop the spread of Christianity, Saul instead saw a light from heaven that changed his life and eventually world history. Now, I want y'all to understand this. When anyone persecutes Christians, they are persecuting Jesus. Because if you can recall, Jesus asked, why are you persecuting me? So to persecute a Christian is to persecute Jesus. Okay. Now, it is doubtful that Saul immediately recognized the voice as that of Jesus you know, him saying, Lord was, was probably honorary, which is uh, equivalent to sir, rather than a recognition of divinity until the voice said, I am Jesus. Now, though Paul was ultimately blinded by the bright light, he indicates elsewhere in scripture that he actually saw the risen Christ on this occasion. And you can read that cross-reference this saints uh, First Corinthians chapter nine, verse one, chapter 15, verse eight, Galatians chapter one, verse 16 and acts nine 27. Now the scene is, is, uh, significant, not only because of Saul's conversion, but also because it shows that he would have known of the resurrection from direct experience of Jesus and therefore could come to appreciate why this was a key part of the Christian message. And he talks about that to the Corinthians in chapter 15. Now, Paul's experience was not visionary, but was uh, precipitated by the appearance of Jesus. As he uh, insists in 1 Corinthians 15, particularly verse 8, under the influence of this experience, he gradually developed his understanding of justification by faith. And read those letters and messages that he wrote to the Galatians and to the church at Rome. And of the identification of Christian community with Jesus Christ. Now, uh, you know what? Reading 1 Corinthians 12 uh, beginning at 27 can help you understand that too. Y'all know I give you scriptures to cross-reference because if I read all the scriptures that I study, we'll be here for months. So that is a studying lesson for you. Look at the scriptures, read the scriptures that I am giving you. Now, if you read the gospel according to Luke, now Luke narrates Paul's conversion three times. That is a testimony to the importance he attaches to it. Now, this first uh, account occurs when the word is first spread to to the Gentiles. Now, at this point, the conversion of the hero of the Gentile mission is recounted. Yes, the hero, I said, of the Gentile mission. Now, the emphasis in the account is on Paul as a divinely chosen instrument. And we read that in uh, verse 15 of Acts. Now, Saul was not told at this point what his mission or purpose was. That was reserved for when he encountered Ananias later in the city of Damascus. Now, this introduction to his future kept him from being overwhelmed all at once by the changes Jesus had initiated in his life. And it also allowed the Christians in Damascus to meet and accept the man who they feared. Now, this is the first of three accounts of Saul's conversion that appeared in the book of Acts. Uh, chapter uh, 22, verse 6 and 11 talks about it. Chapter 26, verses 12 through 18 talks about it. Now here, it appears that Saul's traveling companions heard a noise, but did not recognize the words that was spoken. They didn't see anything. They heard that it was a voice, but they didn't understand the words. The comments that came from Jesus, it it, it appears, were only intended for Paul. Now, this must have been a humiliating experience for Saul because you have to remember who he was and where he came from. He was a proud man and he was a leader in the Roman army. Yes, he was. Now, when the Bible talks about in, in Acts 9, 18, that uh, he could see nothing, this was a temporary blindness, you know, symbolizing the, the spiritual blindness of Saul as a, as a persecutor. Because Paul was blind to who Jesus was, God wanted him to feel it. Saul's blindness and and his fasting, him not eating, should not be seen as punishment, but as a result of the intensity of his encounter with Christ. However, like the deaf uh, muteness of Zachariah, who who was John the Baptizer's father, in Luke chapter one. It was designed for him to reflect about what just happened to him and why it happened. Now, we are not told how Ananias came to be a Christian. A possible scenario in my studies is that he or someone he knew had been in Jerusalem on the day of Pentecost. There they would have seen and heard of the wondrous signs as as God sent the Holy Spirit to his apostles. And possibly they accepted the message preached by the apostles. The pilgrims would, would then have taken their newfound faith back to Damascus, establishing a church that Saul now came to persecute. And Ananias' fear of Saul was such that he dared to question God's judgment. Now Saul's reputation as an enemy of the church was well known and it was well earned and built as it was on the testimony of many people. God revealed his purpose for Saul to Ananias first. This ensured that Saul would have a support system in place once he learned of his new purpose in life. Now, otherwise, imagine Saul coming to Ananias and delivering the news. Ananias would have scoffed, you know, assuming he let let, uh, Saul close enough to speak to him because they were terrified of Saul. Remember, he held the coats of those who stoned Stephen to death. The ordering of events in Saul's conversion was was baptism rather than the filling of the Holy Spirit as the final event. The process may have been extended over several days rather than occurring all at once, but the result was the same. Saul became a follower of Jesus Christ. Now, Saul stayed in Damascus for some time he was likely becoming oriented to to basic Christianity, even as he began proclaiming Jesus in the synagogues. He gave priority to the synagogues, if you noticed, when we were reading the scriptures throughout his ministry, starting there before being forced to take the message elsewhere. Now, understandably, the initial response to Saul was skeptical. Uh, uh, It was also um, in, in, in amazement But as he grew stronger, he was able to confound unbelieving Jews, proving that Jesus is and was at that time and is today the Messiah. Now, apparently he was able to explain the Messianic connections between the Old Testament and Jesus so clearly that the Jews in Damascus could not refute him, couldn't do it. Because Paul knew the Old Testament very well. See, Judaizers know the Old Testament or proclaim to know it, but for them not to have recognized who Jesus was, it was baffling. They knew the Old Testament, which, which brings us back to what Paul told the church at Rome, that, he, they, that Jews have a zeal for God. He prayed for his brothers. You know, the Jews were his brothers. Paul is a Jew. They had a zeal for God, but not according to knowledge. You know, now after many days, Saul, you know, dutifully preached Jesus as the Messiah for, for long enough to become the enemy of unbelieving Jews in Damascus. He had come to help their struggle against the growing Christian movement, but now he had become the chief cause of its growth. Therefore, the Jews conspired to kill him. Unable to leave via the city gates, Saul escaped in a most undignified but effective way. He was placed in a large basket and shoved through an opening in the wall and lowered down to the ground. Now, uh, uh, when we talk about verse six, among um, among believers in, in, in Jerusalem, Paul's reputation as a persecutor of the church was unchanged. Now, either news had not come from Damascus or or else the disciples in Jerusalem took a wait and see attitude. Now, perhaps they even suspected his conversion was just a deception so that Paul could infiltrate the the Christian community and destroy it from within. So they had a right to be skeptical because you have to read Paul's behavior prior to, to his conversion. Remember, he was on his way to possibly kill Christians, definitely to lock them up. But in verse 27, Barnabas was convinced of the authenticity of of Saul's conversion. Saul conversed and debated with the Hellenistic Jews. These were Greek-speaking Jews, uh, as I mentioned earlier, some of whom may have been involved with him in Stephen's stoning. Now, if you want to read about when the Jews stoned Stephen to death and Paul held their coat, you can read Acts chapter 7, beginning at verse 57. Now, Hellenistic Jew himself, yes, Paul speaks Greek. Paul had been born in Tarsus and guess what? And spoke Greek as his primary language, which let, there is a debate out there between some of the scholars and, and guess what? I'm involved in that debate. Paul may have been a person of color because the, the Greeks were. Paul spoke Greek as his primary language. Now, seeing one of their own, a former persecutor of the church, no less argue on behalf of Christianity was more than they could bear. And I'm talking about the Jews, the Judaizers. They tried to kill Paul with the result that he was whisked away to his hometown. And saints, Verse 31, this particular verse marks a significant point in the development of the early church. You can go back to um, chapter one, verse eight. The church, having been forced by persecution to scatter outward from Jerusalem, was at peace in Judea and Galilee and Samaria because of Paul. He was no longer persecuting them. In, in, In fact, he had joined them and become their leader preaching that Jesus is the Christ. Now this set the church up for a a second stage of growth, which would see the gospel boldly taken outside of Israel. Now saints, we read this, this was a short message, but it's a powerful message. You cannot encounter Christ and remain the same. And that's a call to the altar right now. For those of you who have not encountered the risen Christ. And what's so special about Paul's conversion is that Paul encountered Christ after the resurrection. Christ had already resurrected, had already spoken and appeared to his disciples and appeared to over 500 people and had already ascended on high, but he encountered Paul. Why? Why? Because that same intensity that Paul used to persecute Christians, God turned it around so that Paul can support Christ and to share the gospel. Paul, is, he started using the same intensity that he used to persecute Christians to share the gospel. My Lord, my Lord, my Lord, that is so powerful. And it reminds me of me because I used to persecute Christians and was raised in a Baptist church. Didn't know who Jesus was because it's it's not enough teaching of who Jesus is, It's too much condemnation being preached in some of these churches. And there's too much freedom being, being, uh, teached in some of these churches where people are trampling on God's grace. And uh, Satan has infiltrated these churches and the message is not about Jesus. Every single Sunday or whenever you go to church, the message should be centered around Christ. Paul never stopped preaching Christ and him crucified. Never. He changed from that moment on and never looked back and wrote the majority of the New Testament. Yes, Paul's conversion is historic. It is definitely historic. God chose someone who spoke against him. To preach on his behalf. And saints, if you don't know the risen Savior, you can get to know him today. Hallelujah, you can get to know him today. You can go to Romans 10 and 9. That if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you shall be saved that is the basics of salvation. Then you grow in faith. See, the Christian walk is a faith walk and you continue to grow daily as you listen to the word. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. And you need to hear the word of God for you to grow, not the word of man, not the word of your denomination. They need to be teaching the word. And if the word is not rightly divided, you can't grow. If anything, you will end up growing in the opposite direction of the way God wants you to go. So I suggest that you continue to listen to Learning Bible Truth Ministries. And we will continue to share the word Rightly Divided. Remember, I am your host and teacher, Dr. Camilla D. I love you because God loves you. And he loves me and we love him because he first loved us. Now, I want you guys to enjoy your day. I hope you and your family are blessed, but I want you to bless the name of the Lord today and every day. We don't just worship and bless and and focus on Jesus on one day chosen out of the year by this paganistic world. I focus on Jesus every day and you should do the same if you claim to be a Christian. With that said, saints, peace out. I hope you were blessed by this message. If you have any questions or comments about this particular episode or any previous episodes, please send your comments or questions to talkingbibletruth.cd at gmail.com. And if you would like to support this podcast financially, because it has been a blessing to you, go to one of my five podcasts, Anchor, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, or Radio Public, and contribute an amount of your choice. Or you can send your seed to me via Cash App, dollar sign, Dr. Camla D. That's dollar sign, capital D, lowercase R, capital C, lowercase A-M-A-L-E, capital D. Anything you choose to send will be greatly appreciated. Now until next time, Saints, remember that faith comes by hearing, And hearing by the word of God, we walk by faith, not by sight. I am your host, Dr. Kamala D. rightly dividing the word of truth in peace and love. Thank you for tuning in, and I hope to see you next time.